me, hello friends, and welcome to this message which is specially handpicked to minister to you and to bless you. I am Pastor Lincoln Seranga, Senior Pastor here at Liberty Christian Fellowship in London. My passion is the pursuit of 100% answered prayer. If that sounds like a good subject to you, why don't you follow me at lincolnseranga.com and also find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media where you will be able to find other messages as well as find access to short courses, coaching opportunities, and more. God bless you as you listen to this message. Yeah. Christ, the wisdom of God and the power of God. So the thoughts on my mind as we set the stage for our conversation later tonight. Two elements to the ministry of Jesus, wisdom and power. We saw on uh, Friday that the th there are three O's that describe God, omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence. Omni meaning all, and then you attach potence for power. Uh, omniscience, where you get science for knowledge. God is omniscientific. He, he doesn't need the laboratory to understand principles. He span every principle in place from gravity to any chemical reaction you can think about. Everything proceeded out of God. He is omniscient. He's a lab all by himself. <laughs> and he knows all sciences. And he understands how everything works. There is nothing hidden from him. The psalmist says, where can I go from your presence? You have searched me and you have known me at every level. Biologically, you know me. Psychologically, you know me. Neurologically, you understand me. Homologically, you understand me. Any other logic <laughs> that is formed in the body? What is the study of bones? Ortho, orthopediology. <laughs> uh, hematology, the study of bloods. Uh, God does not even need to draw blood to do a blood test on you. He just looks at you knows your blood type, and he knows you are low on calcium, just by a look. He is omniscient. You can't hide nothing from him. And the Bible says he's also omnipresent. It shows he's omnipresent, meaning you cannot contain him in any space or time. He is in every time frame at the same time. He is in the past, the present, and the future at the same time. He is in my bedroom and right here and in every sphere on earth at the same time. Now, when somebody is all-powerful and all-wise, you are already in problems. When he can be everywhere at the same intensity at the same time, you are in really, really, really big problems. If you know what I mean. What an amazing God we worship. 
You see, his presence is aside, but you see, when his presence comes, it brings two things. It brings his power and his wisdom. You say, ladies and gentlemen, God, and he walks in. All wisdom and all power walk in. All wisdom and all power. What is more attractive to you of the two? Wisdom or power? If you are forced to choose. <laughs> Some of you are rigging the elections. You're saying, well, wisdom, the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. With all thy getting, get wisdom. Because I guess when you get wisdom, you'll sort out the power. But strictly speaking, seriously, guys, if you are forced to choose, it's difficult. Yeah, the truth is you need both. Power on its own is dangerous. Just look at Vladimir Putin. Very powerful. Russia has the greatest number of nuclear heads in the world. 5,700 and something nuclear heads. Enough to bombard the world several times over and roast it completely beyond recognition. Stockpile. The U.S. follows in nuclear warheads just below Russia. And when they were showing the graph on who has the biggest, so it's U.S., Russia, and then every, there's a sharp drop <laughs> to show the rest of us. I thought you cared nuclear, man. But even what UK has is enough to roast the earth multiple times. Yeah, but power alone is no good because it can be dangerous. When a, a foolish man has a lot of power, we have problems. And then a wise man with no power, his words, we sit down and say, wow, but you are just a philosopher. As a talker, you have no benefit to us unless you can convert your wisdom into power. It's just a small meditation we're doing this morning. And so I imagined life without wisdom. And I don't want to leave it. There's a lot of power in your life, but there's no wisdom. And then imagine wisdom without power. Power, power, and wisdom must walk together in balance for there to be life. And so as we believe in God for miracles and stretching for miracles, we need to understand that we must immerse ourselves in wisdom. Because usually miracles are a product ultimately of power. Power executes the miracle, but wisdom must guide that power. And so, electricity will kill you because it's power. But then if you direct it, you light up your rooms, you um, charge your phone. Power, when it's directed by wisdom, creates blessing. And uh, without power, <laughs> we 
when power goes, power went one time here at Cottage Green, and we were reduced to the most miserable people. I don't know whether you've ever had a proper blackout where your phone is dead. Phone. Can you imagine life without your phone working? Your phone is dead. Your TV is not working. The fridge is dead. We sat here, and I felt like the end of the earth had come. There was no power. We could not surf. But the gadgets were there, full of wisdom. <laughs> gadgets were there, full of wisdom, looking black. How <laughs> it is when a phone is dead, it's just black. A lot of money. But without power, wisdom is useless. So Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 1, 22. This debate, this tug of war between the Jews and the Jews request a sign. You see, the nation of Israel was born out of incredible displays of God's power, starting with Abraham. And God's choice of Abraham and Sarah is interesting because he chooses a barren retired couple and gives them the assignment of building a family. He literally calls them out of retirement, reactivates their reproduction, and gives them a parenting mission. How old was Sarah? Hmm? Was she in the 90s? Can you imagine a 90-year-old woman pregnant? What a sight. And God said, change your, change your names from Abraham to Abraham and from Sarah to Sarah. And they are calling each other father of nations, mother of nations, and they have nothing to show for it. Israel is birthed by the supernatural. They are nurtured by the supernatural. They are incubated in the supernatural, delivered out of Egypt by the supernatural. The supernatural is wired into Jewish thinking. They want a sign. If God is with you, show us. Where's the sign? <laughs> and the Greeks seek after wisdom. And uh, so we have this uh, tug of war. The Greeks, everything must be reasoned, proof, show us, text, books, volumes, philosophy, arguments. The Greeks would wake up in the morning and just sit around and argue all day and debate. So the nation of Greece has no heritage of the miraculous. They are born and raised on the philosophies of men. So the Jews request a sign. The Greeks want wisdom. Yeah? Next verse. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block because we don't want a dying savior. Uh, 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 uh. We want him coming ripping up the sky, landing in Jerusalem, killing all the Romans, you know, <laughs> and starting a kingdom. That is a stumbling block. Messiah can't be dying. We want him ruling. So Christ is a, a problem, a stumbling block. Hmm? What is it? We preach Christ to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, he's a fool. <laughs> so foolish. 
his teaching is foolish. It does not fit in a book. How can you spit on the, on the dust, make clay of it, put it on someone's eyes and say, go wash in the pool of Siloam? What's going on? Where's the reasoning? Doesn't make scientific sense. And so, the Greeks are offended by the supernatural. And there are people on earth who are Grecian in their minds. They want everything to fit in a test tube. They want everything to be logical. They want to see a line joining all the dots. Yeah? Tag of war. And God is saying, okay, I am a stumbling block, this said, and I'm foolishness this way. We preach Christ. Christ is the wisdom of God. Go to the next verse. So Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, to the Greeks foolishness. Next. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. And our journey through life, friends, is in the stewardship of these two realities. You can't lean on one and refuse the other. And in our journey of life, like God gave us two feet, it's wisdom, power. Wisdom, power. What's the wise thing to do? How do we give space for God to do the supernatural? So you must steward wisdom well. Steward wisdom well. Read, meditate, consult, talk, understand the ologies of life. And make sure you're honoring them. Don't jump out of an aeroplane. Just to prove you're born again. <laughs> You'll wake up in heaven. And they will say, welcome. <laughs> Take a seat. <laughs> but you are a fool because you could have lived a little longer. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Just because we believe in miracles does not mean we don't brush our teeth. All have a shower. All have a balanced diet. As much as you can, try and find some exercise regime. God help Lincoln. We need to honor the ologies without cutting ourselves from the power of God. We've got to come to a safe balance because Christ is both the wisdom of God and the power of God. And so, as Pentecostals, as spirit-filled people, as people who believe in miracles, and in this month of miracles, we pray for a job, and then we write CVs. Hmm? And we Google, and we work hard. We don't say, God will bring the job and throw, me, throw it in my lap. No, we do our work and we allow the supernatural to back us as we do what we must do. Christ is both the wisdom of God and the power of God. Many times, actually, wisdom is the key. Every time Jesus performs a miracle, almost every time, there are aspects of wisdom to each miracle. I just want to go through this quickly as I come to, to the end of this. So, uh, we've, we've been enjoying the miracles of Jesus. Water to wine. 
How does this miracle happen? Every miracle has a wisdom aspect to it. How does God want to perform this miracle? That is the challenge of the miracle worker. How does God want to perform this miracle? How do I work this miracle? So Jesus is approached by mother. They have no wine. Woman, what has that got to do with me? And, he says, and Jesus, had not, Jesus did not have it in his diary to turn water to wine. It was not in his diary. He says to the woman, my time has not come. And then suddenly it's like, ting, ting. You know something that won't go away. Like, why did they raise that? Why did they say that? Suddenly, he begins to think, mm, something is going on there. And then he finds out that the time has come. And some of us need to find out that this is the time. Because some of us are, have autopiloted into sleep. And despair. And compromise. Say, this is here to stay. That's why we are provoking you this month. To rise again and believe God. So Jesus suddenly says, fill the pots with water. God did not bring the water. People did. People did. The wisdom of God, the part they had to play was to fill the pots with water. And there were six of them. And each one was, had a capacity of 30 gallons. So they, they, the, well, the trips to the well begin wherever they were getting the water, pouring, pouring, pouring. Wisdom shows you what you must do, that God may do what he can do. And that's essential for us. When the pots are filled to the brim, now God can move. Go wash in the pool of Siloam, he says to a blind man, puts clay on his face, on his eyes. We saw the Jews were believed, the Middle Eastern people of that culture believed in the power of the saliva in lubricating the eye. So people with dry eyes, if you went to mom, mom, my eyes are itching, mom would say, open your eye. Because <laughs> it's it's good lubricant, body to body. And uh, they didn't have um, all these fancy oils that we now use as ointment. So for us, the use of saliva is like, hey, what is he doing spitting on the ground? No, no, the Jews understood that if you have an eye problem, you need a, a saliva intervention. <laughs> So Jesus goes and pray. <laughs> and he makes a clay uh, mess, puts it on the guy's eyes, and sends him on an errand. The wisdom of God and then the power of God. Of course, uh, natural saliva would not have healed. But Jesus was using a type, a picture of what people do. But knowing that God has to do the rest. Do the human thing and allow God to do the divine thing. Stretch forth your hand, he said to the man with a paralyzed hand. Stretch it forth. This is the hand. What was withered was actually the hand, not the arm. I always got it wrong. I thought the guy was like this. No, his arm was mobile, but his hand was withered. And so Jesus is saying, do what you can do. 
and I will do what I can do. You can move your arm. When I see your motion, I will do mine. And the hand is healed. Rise up, he says to a paralytic. Take up your bed and go home. Walk. And it's like, huh? Now for a paralytic, when you say to a paralytic, rise up, the best they can do is raise their head. If the paralysis is from there down, the best they can do is raise their head. If it's from the waist down, it's to sit up. But when they did what they can do, God did what God can do. Finding the human part. Yeah? So, I want a husband. Hey. Or a wife. Hey. What is the human part to do? Comb your hair. Brush your teeth. Dress decently. Talk to people. Mingle. Learn the, the gift of friendship. Yeah? The first thing I found about this girl was she, I found a friend. I just love this girl as a friend. There was nothing else. No agenda, Pastor T. There was no agenda. <laughs> it was just friendship. And it was a friendship which was just terrible. It just invasive friendship. I just, you just felt like this friend is eating me up. You know what? <laughs> Until you come to a point where you say, border control, border control, border control. This is going far. <laughs> and then I turned to God's face and he said, yeah, behold your wife. So, he who wants friends must show themselves friendly. I'm just making the point. That you don't pray for this and then go this way. Do your part. And allow God to do his part. By the way, many guys need help. I'll tell you ladies. Many guys need a bit of help. Mm. If you say too far, they may never get it. <laughs> David, did you need help? I saw you looking at Barbara. <laughs> Barbara, <laughs> did you help him? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Rise up, take your bed, and go home. Sit the people down in groups of 50, Jesus said. Do your part. Prepare them for the miracle. So we know, sir, but bread is fed. Hey, guys, bread is coming. Get, get into groups. No, 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 no. Get ready for the miracle before it arrives. Hmm. Imagine it. Make changes. Get ready for what God wants to do. Wisdom and power. Jesus said to Peter, go. He comes to him and says, they need temple tax. They need temple tax. What, what, where is the miracle for this? How is this miracle? Jesus says to Peter, go. Take a line. Fishing line. Throw it in the water. Catch a fish. Open its mouth. And you're thinking, God, can't you just say, let there be a coin? <laughs> can't you just say, let there be a coin? Now Peter has to take a cab. Go home. 
get a fishing line, take another cub <laughs> to the waterfront, <laughs> throw a line, as if he would take a cub, you know what I mean? He walked, but he threw a line, caught a fish, and then the miracle was in the fish. But he had to put in his part. Okay, I'm done. The balance of this. Sometimes wisdom makes God look weak. Um, I meant to read you a story here. I meant, I said I won't preach long. This thing comes on you. But you see, the walls of Jericho. Does God need Israel to march over the, around the world seven times? Seven days. And then on the seventh day, go around it seven times on the last day and then scream. And then God says, all right, then I'll bring the walls down. <laughs> Come on, God. You are omnipotent. But you see, God wants us not to become foolish or lazy or bad stewards or miss the point. Can you imagine if every miracle just happened, boom, 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 the Bible would be this thin. Be this thin. Because everything, and then God healed all the sick. And then the, the city of Jericho fell. <laughs> and Israel was ruptured from, from Egypt into the promised land, and all the giants were dead. And Israel lived happily ever after. Amen. Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> time process is God's way of ensuring things happen in a structured orderly way and that in the process we are growing we are becoming mature we understand how life works so in bidding for miracles we are not invoking laziness or foolishness or irresponsibility or bad stewardship. We want to work with God. We recognize that we stop somewhere and God picks up from there. Amen. I want to read you a miracle which was totally wisdom and then we finish. 1 Kings 3, 16. This is just for fun. Wisdom performed this miracle. Now two men who were harlots came to the king and stood before him. Hmm? Two women. Did I say men? Yes. Eh, are there men who are harlots? <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't know what men are called when they're of this persuasion. Anyway, one, <laughs> one woman said, Oh my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house. And I gave birth. This is in the life of Solomon the king. Yeah? So I gave birth while she was in the house. Mm-hmm. Then it happened the third day after I had given birth that this woman also gave birth. Prostitutes giving birth, they have no birth control in place. And now both of them end up pregnant in this house of prostitution. And there are two babies in the house, okay? We know where we are. Then it happened the third day after I had given birth that this woman also gave birth and we... We're together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she lay on him. Mothers, be offended. How can you lay over your baby? 
Anyway, so she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maid servant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was dead. But when I had examined him in the morning, he was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, no, but the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. And the first woman said, no, but the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. Is your son, and the living one is my son. And the king said to the one, and the king said, is my son who lives, and your son is the dead one. And the other says, no. But your son is the dead one, my son is the living one. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two. And give half to one and half to the other. And the woman whose son was living spoke to the king. For she earned with compassion for her son. And she said, oh, my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other one said, let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. So the king answered and said, give the first woman the living child. By no means kill him. She is his mother. <laughs> Wisdom of Solomon. Is there a verse to conclude this? And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had rendered. And they feared the king for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. It was a wisdom miracle. Some miracles are just performed by wisdom do the wise thing, things will fall in place. Father, help us to be men and women of wisdom. Help us to be men and women of wisdom. Help us to identify our part and leave what is yours in your hand. Thank you, Father, for things that you are doing this month of March. We embrace March with the anticipation and expectation. Some of us are going to begin to get excited. Some of us are going to walk around. Some of us are going to write those CVs. Some of us are going to do research. Some of us are going to shift things. We're going to set the stage for the things you're about to do, and you will do the rest by your power. And God's people said, Amen and Amen.